you're listening to Diverse City Podcast. Please stay tuned to hear a powerful word. For giving or more church information, check us out at diversecity.church. Or to text to give, text DIVERSE to 73256. Thank you for listening and enjoy the word. I could sing of his love forever. loves us but what I would like to do for the next minute is for you to show your love for God praise team I want to sing I love you Jesus I would like for you to take a moment right now and begin to worship him and to begin to honor him we know his love is unconditional but let him in the presence of our almighty God hear that you love him Amen.
We just are trying to love you back. On this Father's Day, for many, it's very uncomfortable. For many, there are mixed feelings. But Lord, we thank you that while we are weak, you are strong. For everything that are missing, that you are able to make it whole. And so, Father, as we move forward to have an uncomfortable Father's Day discussion, Lord, my prayer is that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts to be acceptable in your sight. So Lord, I pray as we continue to be diverse, that you continue to elevate and celebrate us as we lift up diversity. And Lord, we thank you that while we're imperfect, that you've given us a place for the imperfect people because you are a perfect God. So Lord, I pray that you empower this conversation, that you strengthen us and renew and that your people will be edified in the mighty name of Jesus. And all that agree, say amen. 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 While you're standing, let's read one scripture real quick. And I will allow everyone to sit down real quick. So open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Uncomfortable part 6. All right. It's 1130, and we got some preaching men, so we'll go ahead and get rolling. So it says, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. You may be seated. All right. So can I get, well, I'll read a few things. Can I get my brothers up here real quick that are on the panel? Take a seat, and I just want to read a few statistics and quotes to set the table. Uh, give it up for the band. Seating arrangement, y'all already violating and breaking the rules. Allie, could you open up my text real quick on Dream Team and tell the guys where they need to be sitting? All right. So, a few things here, right? There's a father's absence and a crisis in America today. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, there are 19.7 million children that are born in a home without a father. Research shows that when children are raised from an absent father, here are some of the downstream effects of those results. Number one, you get it? You got them? Thank you. 
I showed them before service. I promise I did. They forgot. <clears throat> yeah. DeWine is sitting in Anthony's spot. <laughs> we'll get this right. Praise the Lord. Musical chairs? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Kim, Chris, Billy, Charles. Okay. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you, my love. All right. Anyway. So research has shown that when children are raised without an absent father, here are some of the downstream effects. They are four times more likely to be at risk for poverty. They are seven times more likely to get pregnant as a teenager. They are two times more likely to grow up obese and overweight. And there are all of these signs normally treads in an absent father home. One, behavioral problems. Number two, more exposed to child abuse and neglect. Number three, will experience drugs and alcohol at a younger age. And number four, to be exposed to crime and go and more likely to go to prison. <clears throat> so last but not least, behavior scientists have studied and they say the greatest crisis in the national development in America is not a lack of money, it's not investments, it's not crime is not unemployment, but the absence of fathers. So when you see the verse, we understand that there's no substitutes for fathers. It's a very important role that we have to play. So you allow me on this Sunday, you don't have to do much amen. Today we are having a conversation. Today this is the opportunity for you to be able to hear some of the challenges, some of the opportunities to be able to be a father. Thank you, everyone, for your submissions and questions. We have 18 questions to go through. These men up here are not perfect, but they're heading in the right direction. So please extend a little bit of grace to them. So I am going to put on my Steve Harvey hat and facilitate this discussion and try to hold back and allow them to be the ministers of today. Um, if you've seen anything over the last six weeks of me being here, that I'm out of the box. I'm all about go for it, 150%, and worry about the rest later. And this is something that I thought would be very valuable to this congregation. And there are several people up here that God has already showed me they're called to do more public speaking and ministerial work. So this is kind of their brief audition. So no pressure, but y'all okay. And that doesn't mean to go over your two-minute mark for each response. <laughs> so each question they prepared and thought through. And then also, um, if we go to the slide, um, the Father's Day one, if you do have other questions, I'm not guaranteeing they'll be answered, but we are live. Are we live on Facebook? We are live, so you can post your questions in the thread. We will not be coming up here and just asking whatever. If it sits with the topic and it's appropriate with where we're going, we will include and interject your question. Um, for those questions that are not being asked, we're prayerfully thinking about what's the best way to interject or do some type of form because we believe we are here to help you and meet the needs that you have today. All right? All right, I'm going to sit down, but here's first questions, and we'll start with Elmer first. One, just kind of um, how long have you been at the church? This is not on the question. This is kind of like your elevator speech or whatever. So how long have you been at the church? What was, your father's, what was your father dynamics growing up, and then what is your dynamics now? Okay, so 
with a dad, without a dad, co-parenting, blended family, and how long you've been at the church. All right, Elmer. Good morning. <clears throat> what was the first question again? <laughs> the other one I was gonna have to ask me, each one individually. All right, first How question. long have I been a dad? Yes, that's uh, good. I guess it's been five years. Okay. My son's five. <laughs> and you have a traditional household? I had a traditional household. I had a mother and father. Okay. Uh, still together at 39 years. Okay. Uh, last week. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. And you're in the traditional household right now, correct? Correct. All right. My lovely wife is right there with my youngest Good show. son. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> That's right. Thank you. All right, Jamie. Yes, sir. That was it. Thank you. That's all I can say. All right, Jamie, I'll just help. Same three questions. Same three questions. How long have you been at Diverse City? Um, I guess my wife, Karen, and I have been going here on and off for six, seven years. Okay. Right. Um, I come from a divorced family. Okay. I was seven years old when my parents got divorced, and mm -hmm. my dad went to jail. And then the next time I saw him after that, my dad had died. Mm. So my father's been gone over 20 years. So. Okay. Um, my wife, Karen, wherever she's hiding, Oh, she's on the camera. Um, oh, there she is. She's on the there camera. We've been married 17 <laughs> years, and uh, we, get, uh, we got a 19-year-old and a 16-year-old. My son's up on the computer right now, my youngest. So, For, wait, wait. You already got him working? All right. <laughs> Thank you. So, Okay. Dewan. Good morning, church. How long have you been here, bro? Uh, I've been going to uh, what was uh, Harvest uh, before. Okay. So it's been... Uh, nine years on and off okay and what was your family dynamics growing up uh i was in a single home okay uh, single mother single, yeah single mom my mom's sure. here uh so other than that it's uh been a on and off rough <coughs> childhood but god has saw me through a lot of challenges mm -hmm. and uh discouragements so. and what about now are you a father yeah What's i'm here? a father my <laughs> son's here uh with my significant other uh and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to lead the way for, for them. So uh, it's been a challenge, but uh, I think God has got his, uh, his move going, so. <laughs> you take that, Lincoln. All right, Gio, how long you been here, bro? Uh, good morning, everybody. All right. Um, uh, I've been here probably close to two years now. Okay. And what was your um, father's role growing up? or? How, what type of role did your father play in your life growing up? Um, so my father was present. Um, I was born in Haiti, so... Um, Ça passe. All right, there we go. That's the only phrase I know. <laughs> so um, I, I mostly grew up with my aunts and uncles, so I did have a father figure, and my father was present even though he wasn't physically present. Uh, so I always had that strong male influence in the household. Okay. And how would you describe your dynamics now as a father? Um, I got my two of my five over there with my significant other in the corner. Ooh, ooh. There they go over there, <laughs> my little crew. Um, so uh, I'm not too long divorced, so we do a lot of co-parenting, but okay. it's a good dynamic. We work well together, and, and everyone pitches in to make it happen. So. Good. Thank you. Bishop. Hi, my name is Charles Bush. <laughs> I've been here for five years. Five years? Five okay. years. And uh, me, me and Luana have been here for five years. Uh, 
and we love it here. Mm. Uh, we have two wonderful children, even though they tortured me when I was younger, but Serena and Mark, they've been awesome. Uh, they're growing a lot, and I'm thankful for that. Mm -hmm. And a broken, I was in a uh, broken family growing up. Okay. And my mom was here. Mama, hey, Miss Bebe. And uh, <coughs> in the front row, and my wife next door taking care of the chillings. All right, wait, you gotta, it was one element I wanted you to add, because you're unique. So you're in the blended family. Could you explain that a little bit more? So you called them your kids, however you are, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> well, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm the stepfather. Okay. But I raised, <clears throat> Serena was seven? Six. And Mark was, oh, three. 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 Yeah, the, yeah, three. And uh, it was a test. Uh, Come into a family that already had their own ways. Uh, Rwanda. <laughs> but, oh my uh, gosh. Um, it, it was it was it was rough getting the uh, authority set up in the mm. household. I mean, nothing bad about Rwanda, but she was just setting her ways from all the stuff she went through. So mm. it was it was a little tough starting out, but through the years we just uh, grew and the kids accepted me more and. Good. And I just try to show them love. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> All right, Mr. Billy. My name is Billy Jackson. Uh, I've been hiding here for about an, a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I get that every time I walk in the back door. Hi, how, who, who are you? Uh, <laughs> I love it. I uh, grew up in a very traditional home. Um, my parents, I, I was fortunate enough, blessed enough to have a, a strong male influence and <clears throat> a uh, five foot nothing strong female influence to my mother. She's not here, so I can talk about her. <laughs> um, I married into a Italian family, um, and I have a very strong young Italian wife over there that has helped me um, with my seven-year-old diva. Her name is Breland. Um, she's next door right now. Uh, I, I come from a, I was married previously uh, in the ministry for 10 years. And that blew up. So, my hero is setting over there, and her name is Haley. And I think I covered it all. Good, you got I'll it. I just ramble, bro. You got it, bro. Good morning, church. Good morning, Good morning. church. Uh, my name is Chris Walter. I've been at Diverse City for about a year now. Um, I do want to say that my heart is like really full right now because this is beautiful. I don't know if y'all really looking at what's happening yep. right now, but this is this is just awesome. And to see. To see all 24 men stand up there um, and to have that in our church is just awesome, man. So just a hand clap to them one more time because being a man, and, it's, and it, it, it fills my heart because I come from um, a household where my father wasn't uh, present at all. He was, he was in and out. Um, so I grew up with my mom and my twin sister. And so it was just a blessing to be up here um, and to, to be in company with such great men. Uh, so, yeah. Good. And you're not a father yet. And I'm not a father. Just want to no, make sure. <laughs> we wanted a little bit of diverse city university so on the stage, so I decided to pick Chris up here. So thank you. Well, Bye. my name is Kim. <coughs> no joke. Uh, let's see. Been here. How long have we been going here? Nine, nine years? About nine years? That's my wife over there. You know, give or take nine years. I guess my, my biological father died when I was four, so I have 
very little memory of him, so I grew up with a stepdad. Now, here's the thing. The stepdad was great, but he worked a lot, and <coughs> he wasn't really involved, mm. like a lot of people think. Asking. So it was kind of an intact family, but not involved. So uh, for me, when I became a dad, uh, and this was in a previous marriage, I took what I lacked in my relationship with my stepdad and made sure stuff with uh, when he was in dinosaurs we'd go on dinosaur hunt and uh, got involved in a lot of things and exposed him to a lot of things and I think that was making sure that he got what I lacked as a child and and a lot of things now that I see especially with these younger dads I am so proud of these guys because they are mm. you guys are awesome I'm an empty nester I don't yeah. have to deal with it anymore. All right. <laughs> so, as expected, I want to make sure we finish at 1230. You can hold the mic, um, Kim. But we're going to do this rapid fire real quick for this question. And this is for everyone. What is your definition of a father? And what do you enjoy most about being a father? Well, definition, good point. It is more than being a sperm donor. And I cannot emphasize that enough about how many young men I see that brag about how many kids they have and they're not involved or taking care of their children. So that, that is probably my biggest pet peeve. Um, I hear a lot of guys talking about the child support they have to pay even though they're not with mom. That's, I, you brought that on yourself, you gotta take care of your kids as best you can. Yeah. Um, so for me being a father, there are a lot of definitions of it. Uh, it depends on your personality and a lot of circumstances, but you've got to be involved with your kids one way or the other. You've got to guide them. I, my, my prayer to young fathers and fathers-to-be is I hope that if you're selfish now, that when you ever have that kid, that something goes off in your head, that click, and says, oh, it ain't about me anymore. Because I remember a time when uh, we were raising child and uh, we were broke, dead broke. And I had to give up a car. And I was a DJ, believe it or not. So I'm a big popular DJ, riding to work early in the morning on a bicycle. That's what you have to do. To me, that's what being a dad is all about. Amen, thank you. Chris, anything to add on that from your perspective, Billy? On this side, anybody that would like to expand on the definition of a father? I'll keep it short. Okay. Consistent, discipline, unconditional love. Mm, I like it. <laughs> hey, we'll come over here. Prayers provide and protect. And uh, I truly believe that as a father and a husband, a father and a husband leads his family mm. and protects. And when they go through, the husband and father is walking alongside of his family. And then when his family is down, the father's behind him to pick him up. That's how you protect your family. So I think we hit on the definition pretty good. Maybe y'all can focus on the latter. What do you enjoy most about being a father? Um, so for me, the thing I enjoy the most about being a father is being able to participate in my children's lives. Um, it's such a joy to be able to share different things with them, to watch them discover new things, um, and to be able to teach them certain things that they might not have known and, and kind of get into their world a little bit. So I really do enjoy that. Um, it's, it's the best thing in the world for me. Yeah. Well, for me, it's uh, seeing myself in my son. It, mm. it makes me see how 
I was as a kid. So I still have those kid traits. So I love video games and, and playing around. So it's, it's exciting to see the birth of, of how he's taken off now. And I'm just waiting to see what transpires out of his growth. But I know I have to lead. I have to be a better example. So Amen. I'm going to start with that. Thank you. I think what I enjoy the most about being a dad is passing on stuff that my dad or men in my life, my grandparent, grandfather would give me. Um, seeing a better example of myself grow up. I mean, I think that's what we all, I think as parents, as, you know, parents, child, you want your children to do better than you did, to have better than you did. And it's awesome to see my son be a better me. Mm. So. <clears throat> Amen. Thank you. I would actually, I would agree with that 100% because I see in my oldest son uh, kind of how I was younger. I think that kid is crazy. <laughs> and I was like, was I like this? I don't know. But the instructional part, you know, being able to kind of mold your children and your family uh, as you're led by God is probably the most rewarding part of being a father mm. and just watching them develop. And it's, to me, that's the most enjoyable part about being, and playing with my kid, obviously. Being involved, like Gio said, absolutely being involved, uh, playing with him, letting people know that yes, they have two parents, and yes, they have a mother and a father, and yes, they love God, you know. That's probably the most enjoyable part yeah. for me. Thank you. All right, I'm gonna skip to number three, fellas. It says, what do you believe to be the biggest difference in raising boys versus girls? So I got Charles, Jamie, and Gio that can share their experience on this. Let the bishop go first. <laughs> well, I'll just <laughs> kick back a little bit. Um, I have to start with the girls first. Um, I really, really try to encourage the women, young girls, to demand respect. Mm. Uh, not just to lower your standards or yourself to make somebody else happy. So wait on the Lord. When he sends you the right man, you'll know. For the boys. Pull your pants up. <laughs> no. But really, stand up and be a man. Um, let God develop you <clears throat> to what he called you to be, not what this world called you to be. And when you do find that woman, you find a good thing. I tell you what. I'm happy. 24 years, I'm happy. I found a good thing. And, uh, but this is the teaching, fellas, that, you know, respect the women. Respect yourself. Get your careers going before you start a family. Mm. Thank you. Jamie? Oh, no. Did I mess up? Jamie and Gio. Yeah. Um, the biggest difference. Well... I've never had to go stand in the line at Walgreens to buy some of those girl <laughs> things from my son. <laughs> I don't know how many dads out there have done it, but I have done it. <laughs> Sacrifices. 
Um, with the girls, I tell them, my daughter, don't ever bring a man home that won't shake your daddy's hand. Mm. You know, um, my daughter is just as strong as any man, um, sometimes too strong. <laughs> um, but I raised her that way so she could stand on her own. I always told her, don't ever be dependent on somebody other than God. You know, your, your, your co-partners, there's not, no, don't be dependent. Do, you know, do for yourself, do for God. My son, I told him to, when he, God brings that woman to him, to love that woman by being an example. I mean, he sees me, his mom, I still chase her around. 17 years later, I'm still like a teenage boy. All right now. And I mean, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, I, my son sees me, the, the work I put in, the sacrifice I always put. And, you know, even in the Bible, it says your wife, your spouse comes only second to God. Mm. And I, I treat my wife like a queen. I give, I, I give anything I can to her. And that's my, to my son. Love your wife like you love God. And that's because that's what we're supposed to do as men. And so that's, that's the, the difference. I mean, the hardest, the differences between girls and boys, honestly, is just more, I think, more of a social difference. I think um, girls get... Sometimes can be emotional more than boys, but I see boys that are sometimes as emotional as women. So, I mean, it just depends. I think it all is kind of equal as far as toughness. I mean, I think it's just tough being a dad this day and age, you know, being a parent. So, mm. Thank you. Uh, so, for me, um, I think that it, it really goes hand in hand because... For my daughter, I try to be the man that she should be looking for. Mm. In my actions, in my words, in how I treat her. And for my son, I try to be the man that he should strive to be. So all those, both of those things are in the same thing as how I carry myself. <clears throat> on a day-to-day -day basis. So for my daughter, I show her that we can disagree, but still, I love you. And it doesn't have to be a problem. Show her that I'm not gonna talk to you wrong. I'm not going to mistreat you, but I will be firm and give you direction if need be and always support you regardless of whether we're getting along or not. And then for my son, I look at, at it more as a technical thing because growing up, like I said, my father wasn't necessarily there and it's those little things that matter. Shaving. We went and got a bank account the other day, right? Mm. The man got a bunch of money for graduating high school and was walking around with a gang of money in his wallet, and it's like, bro, you need a bank account. That's good. That's you see what I'm saying? How do you navigate that? Mm -hmm. So for my son, it's more instructional. It's, it's more, this is how you do this. This is how you do this. This is how you do this. Now you know. So you're prepared to be a man out here in this world. Excellent. Excellent. <clears throat> So we're gonna move on, and a few of, let's build upon that a little bit more. 
And it says, do you think today's fathers have it harder or easier compared to previous generations? And let's hear from Kim, um, Chris, and then also Dewan. Wow. That's a big one. Because uh, I've been an empty nest for how long? Jeez, 15 years, maybe? I think it's harder, personally. Because I, we didn't have to deal with the internet. We didn't have to deal with cell phones. We didn't have to deal with drive-bys. Uh, when I was growing up many dinosaur years ago, um, <laughs> if you had a fight or disagreement on the playground, you had a fight, it was over, and you were done. If I'm raising a son now and they have a disagreement and you run into that situation, I honestly wouldn't know what to tell them to do. Seriously, because I don't know if this idiot's going to come back with a knife, gun, or their crazy mama, daddy going to come back with a crazy lighter gun. I don't know. I think it's more challenging because I think there are a lot more dis distractions. However, I do think, as I think through this, that as parents and as dads, it is up to the parents and the dads to set the limits as to what access kids have to the internet or their phones because at some point you're going to have to let them go. But I think, as I think back to it, if they have that foundation that you raise them with, they may stray a little bit, but not far. But I think as parents and as dads, we have to set some limits. And I don't care if they don't like it or not, that's just the way it is. Uh, and and um, because as parents, we're not their friends, we're their guiders and their protectors. So Amen. that's mine. Thank you. Um, when I hear that question, I think about a conversation I had with my grandmother. Um, and she talked about, and she, she was really frustrated because she's talking about parenting now. Um, and she's, she's asking me, when did we start allowing our, our sons and daughters to have choices? Like, like <laughs> how, how did they start having choices? Like, we go to McDonald's, we ask them, oh, what do you want? <laughs> uh, what, what, what app do you, or what, which cell phone do you want? And so we've given, we've given our young people so many choices and, and because of that, they become so self-centered that it makes <coughs> it even much more harder to parent young uh -oh. people now. Um, and so I, I just think that has been the shift um, over time and I'm not sure if it's good or bad, but yeah, I feel it. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, I feel it, but yeah. All right. Dewan? Um, wow, I think it's tougher today to, uh, to raise children in general. Uh, I've been on the South City area all my life and uh, I've seen so many things. So for my son and myself, I, I try to be stern and uh, we got them in a lot of programs, boys club. And so uh, I've seen kids outside doing, the smallest kids outside ages 11 and 12 doing some adult things, you know, smoking and drinking. And it's just like, it's, it's scary. Mm -hmm. So I think it's tougher now. I think it's a challenge now and I think it's up to the parents to be more uh, leaders, uh, and like he said before, I think it's, it's too, too many choices that we give our kids, and we need to uh, go back to the traditional way of, of doing things with kids, and uh, standing, putting our foot down when, when they do wrong, and punish mm. them the old way, mm. uh, steady taking You mean things. a spanking? We can still yeah, spank yeah, kids yeah. Don't spread the rod, don't spread the rod. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I just think it's tougher, but, and it's challenging for the parents as well. So we have to know what to do and, and know how to stand on what we uh, say that we need to do for the kids. So. That's good. Wow. Very interesting that all of you men said it was um, harder today. So it's a good setup for the next question, which says, 
How do you enforce being the pastor and spiritual father in your household? Let's hear from Elmer, Charles, and Billy. And Jamie, if you got a two cents, you can drop in too. Uh, I think when you said, how do you enforce, uh, that's kind of what we're charged to do. When God created Adam, you know, he, he gave him something to do immediately, he gave him responsibility. So that's, that's kind of how you, how you do it. You just have to, you have to do it. I mean, there's really no other choice. Because if you're not going to do it, somebody else is going to guide them. And, you know, I'm hung by the neck, as my dad used to say, if somebody else is going to raise my kids, right? And so being the, the uh, pastor of my household, you know, first I have to make sure I'm right with God. Because, if you know, I cannot pass on anything to my, you know, to my wife, to my children that's not of God. And then try to, you know, go back like, oh, yeah, yeah. Do as I say, not as I do, right? So that's that's pretty much how you gotta do it. You gotta lead by example. And uh, I don't know if anybody else has anything different wanna spam upon that, but I mean, you ask how do you enforce it, that's how you do it. You gotta lead by example. You know, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm. You know, so. That's good. Charles? Yeah, I kinda piggyback on that. I, I follow more uh, lead by example. Um, because sometimes you try to force things on people too much, they kind of reject you a little bit. Um, I worked with a lot of kids in the past, and I've learned that they received, with, with me anyway, they received me by the examples I gave them. And uh, when say John 5, 19, therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees his father is doing. So you have to have uh, examples, and uh, uh, just a hard fist is not going to work. So uh, my, my my case is examples. Thank you. I kind of try and keep this short, but I'll give you a little diversity in this answer. Go for it. Yeah. I have a little bit of a different <clears throat> perspective. In mm -hmm. the school year, I only have my daughter every other weekend, mm -hmm. so. It's, that's princess, but uh, I, it's not school's out and just go over to daddy's house and party, but it's really hard <laughs> for me because the last thing I want to do when she comes to me is don't do this, don't do that. And then my beautiful wife ends up being the bad guy and I put her in a bad situation. So that balance, I, I, I agree with you guys wholeheartedly, but for me, it's a little bit more of a struggle in, in that situation. Now, summertime, when I got her all the time, I, I'm, I'm, I can bring the fist down. <laughs> Drag her behind the car. But <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, really. Charles like, I liked you until that. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I believe, I've, always, I've really, really always believed this. If I give her something that she is scared of disappointing, that not that she's scared of losing daddy, but... If I give her something, if I can give her the right amount of love with the right amount of discipline, that balance somewhere in between there, um, and try my best to do that, I feel like I've su succeeded somewhere and where she may be scared that she's going to disappoint me. That makes my job a little bit easier in the long run. And I think it also uh, puts tools in her toolbox when she goes out into the world. My daughter's seven. She's getting older. She's going to go out and she's going to make friends, and that helps her in how she treats people. Mm. Excellent. 
and you were chosen because I knew you had a different perspective. So with that, what keeps you up at night, Billy, being a father? <laughs> I have a seven-year-old daughter. <laughs> My wife is pregnant, and that's probably a girl, too. <laughs> uh -oh. Girls. Uh, and uh, she promises, she promises I'm, I'm the, the love of her life, but uh, she, it's that. I mean, um, I think disappointing her, because, uh, and this is just, again, from my perspective, I feel like I've already disappointed my daughter um, in, a, in a way where me and my daughter's mother, she has an excellent stepmother, and she, in, in, in his defense, she has an amazing stepfather, too. Um, but me and her mother were, had a selfish point in our lives, and now she's got to deal with, my daughter's got to deal with growing up in a divorced home the rest of her life. Um, so I've already, in my opinion, done her, done her an injustice. So I think my biggest thing that keeps me up at night is I, I want to, um, I'm not going to roll out the red carpet for her and give her everything, but I, I don't want to disappoint her, and I want to be that strong father figure. If I, if I couldn't do it the greatest the first seven years, the next 40, you know, I want to be the best dad that I can possibly be for her. So it's, that, that's really what it is for that's me. That's good. Thank you. What about from this side? What keeps y'all up at night? I don't know about the rest of you guys, you dads, but I've laid in bed long nights and questioned myself, am I doing it the right way? You know, or did I make a mistake here? Or when your kids are angry with you, you know, or, you know, you've, you've had to tell them no at something. And I got an older daughter and here the past year or so we've struggled in our relationship, you know, because she's growing up and I have to let go you know, and let her be an adult and let her f make her, you know, her decisions and mistakes. And I asked myself, did I do everything I could to make sure she was ready? Mm. Um, is there things that I said and did that's caused this rift between us that maybe I shouldn't have? You know, same thing with my, my son. You think, you know, you think about I replay everything in my head, you know, life decisions, you know, that what, what could I have done different? But I will tell you that if you, when I get into them spots and it, it, it feels like a weight is on me, the best thing I've ever found is just to pray. Mm. It's just, you know, and I, I will tell dads that, you know, if you feel like you're, you're not doing it right, if you're struggling, if you, you feel like the world's kicking in your teeth, the best thing we can do, guys, is just pray. You know, the, the, our, our, our Heavenly Father will, even when we don't want to listen, he's going to lead us. And then that's all we can do as dads is just do the best that we can, keep our eyes focused at God, and just live. Yeah. Gio, anything from you on this question? So I've got five kids, three girls, 10 12 and 19. So I'm already up. <laughs> but I think as fathers, we're very aware of how imperfect we are and the things that we've done. So for me, I think it, it, it's very hard to be comfortable with 
what I'm doing if I feel like I'm, I'm not doing enough to prepare them for adulthood. You know what I'm saying? And, and a lot of times I find myself searching for what I've done through the day or through the month mm. to make sure that I didn't do that one thing that's gonna push them down that wrong path inadvertently. So um, I'm very mindful and, and you hit it on the head. It's prayer, it's asking God for direction but also being very mindful about the little things you do and say with your children because you never know what it is that they may never tell you about that's gonna take them somewhere where they shouldn't go. That's good. So um, next question to Dewan and also Chris. The two of you mentioned um, not growing up without a father. So how have you been able to push past to become the man you are, and how, what have you used to be able to shape and build your identity as a man? Well, um, that's a tough question, because growing up without a father, a lot of times you feel alone. A lot of times you feel like the world is, a, is, is against you and your back is against the wall and there's nobody you can reach out to to tap, in, to tap into. Um, and so for me, I knew early on, though, that God gave me a mission to fulfill on this earth. And because of that, every single day I must move forward towards that mission and having a, what, my, what one of my friends call um, the despite of factor. That despite of your circumstance, despite of not having a father, despite of not having the money, despite of not going to that certain school, that I was going to move forward in that way. So that that internal driver within me allowed me to keep going. Um, but also, I'll just say mentorship was very important too. So finding older men um, who have been there and done that, Pastor James, who has been there and done that, old, uh, other men in the church who have been there and done that, who can provide guidance and support and wisdom to me um, as well. And so those two things definitely have helped me to transition and get to this point today. That's good, thank you. Well, for me, I, my dad wasn't part of my life uh, a long time. Uh, my mom was my mentor. She was my, my lead. Uh, I never felt alone without my dad. I don't hold any grudges against him. I just basically, I synced him on my birthday. He was off. He called me out of, out of the blue, and it surprised me, and I was so grateful for that. And uh, I thank God for humbling me that I don't have any grudges, that he wasn't really in my life as much as I wanted him to be. Uh, but... God has always had his hands on me, and um, I think that uh, that's the main key to my life that developed me growing up with my brother, my only brother that, uh, that I have. Um, I was always told to stay home by him because I wanted to follow him a lot, so he, was, he, he started to be my mentor, but he told me to stay home, and I was just being a kid growing up, so um, God has really touched me to, to, to really strive to, to uh, I know I won't be perfect, but to to do the little detailed things at, at being the best man that I can be. So um, it, it's, it's been hard, but at the same time, I know that I'm, I'm a victor uh, at everything that I do. I pray that God will bless my steps and uh, that he will continue to encourage me to show my son that it can be done. Um, so I want to do all the things that I, can, that I didn't feel that I had a dad to do for me, and I want to illustrate <coughs> that to him. So I, I spoil him a lot, uh, give him probably too much, but uh, uh, it, it's good to see the joy on his face, you know what I mean, because they're only at that age one time, so 
I, I want to do all that I can for him so when he outgrows me, I can say, well, look at, look at me. That's, that's yeah. me. That's good. <laughs> good, good, good. Y'all doing all right? Can we keep going? 20 minutes? All right. So pay attention. Here's a good question right here. I like this. Number 14. Or no, number 13. Wait, 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 wait. Number 12. As a spiritual authority in your home, what speaks respect to you as a father and what speaks disrespect to you by someone's action? So for this one, I would like to let Bishop and Kim and Billy weigh in on this one. So what speaks respect to you and what is disrespect? Help the women understand some of the things that they're doing that are not right <laughs> and it's disrespectful. Well, okay. And what are the things that they are doing that they should okay. continue to do? I think right, Kim is going go. first. Go here ahead. We go. go for it. Here we go. That's why I put you on the panel. Go no, ahead. Um, <laughs> no, but actually, that's a very good question. <laughs> Keep no, it real. This is, this is a very good question because uh, I'm in my second marriage. And Marsha was like, has been, oh my God, I didn't even know such a woman like her could exist until I married her. So I can only, <laughs> I, can only I can only answer that question in reference to my first marriage was 18 years of, <laughs> um, let me, how, how can I say this and say it quickly? Um, it was a rough marriage. And it was a marriage that was entered to without any thought, you know, the things that you need to do before you get married. So that was a mistake. Then when Shia was born, we pulled together and got him through uh, what I think. He, he tells me now he had a great childhood and great memory, so I was happy about that. But what I, dis, what I didn't like and I thought was disrespectful, and I asked him specifically this question, because his mom used to always criticize me in front of him mm. uh, when we didn't have enough money. Now, mind you, I was the only one working. And I, rather than have a fight in front of him with her regarding money, I just held it in, which was probably a mistake, but I held it in because I did not want him to see um, that kind of tension between his mom and me. What I would say to mothers, if you have, whether the dad is, you know, the, fathers in the home or outside the home, please be mindful of the fact that when you criticize <clears throat> dad in front of your children, it's not a good thing. Mm. And to this day, and Marsha will tell you, some days I'm, so, I'm still traumatized by it. She has to talk me out of it wow. uh, when things trigger it. Um, and it really, it's really hard. It just brings back really hard memories for me. But I remember, and this is the thing that pulled me out of it is I remember when I went to see him after he and his uh, uh, mom and I separated and divorced or whatever, and I asked him, what, what was it like for you going through that? And, and this really changed everything for me. He said, well, Dad, he called me Dadu. He said, Dadu, the way I saw it was <clears throat> mom was always criticizing you for the problems we were having financially, but she never did anything to fix it. You are my hero. Wow. And that still brings tears to my eyes now when I think about it. And to this day, after he said that, I said, wow, 
because I refused to fight in front of him with her. I was just determined not to do that. And because of that decision, and like somebody said earlier, some things, some decisions you make could impact your children and you don't even know it. And my decision now was justified by not arguing in front of him uh, about the situations we were in. So women, please, men, you know, if they lose their jobs or they can't make enough money, it's not that they don't want to, it's just please be supportive and be sensitive. Men are very prideful when it comes to taking care of their families. Uh, and I was one of them. And that's the one thing that stands out in, in terms of respect. With respect to Marsha, Bill, even though she's, she, Charles has welcomed her in as, he said, Dad, you did a good thing. You got a good one there. Uh, she is the most supportive woman I have ever had in my life. When we're going through things in terms of my uh, photography, videography business, or we don't have, she is very supportive, very encouraging, and that's all I ask for is just to be supportive and listen because guys sometimes don't express themselves as well as we could. Yeah. And uh, to be supportive and try to understand where dad is coming from, and please don't, and I say the same thing for you dads, don't ostracize your significant <clears throat> other or mom in front of your kids. If you got a disagreement, take it outside somewhere mm. and don't expose your kids to that. Thank you. I don't know if I can follow that one. <laughs> I'll keep it short. Um, as far as the feeling respected, was that a part of the yeah, first part of the question? Respect um, and disrespect. Um, actually, in a, in a shorter sense, I, I kind of walked a, a similar path to you, so I can, I can, I can, uh, <clears throat> I feel the, those those trigger moments where it brings things up. Um, but I, I will say, as far as respect goes, in, in my home with my, with my wife and my daughter, the biggest thing is I feel like, and I probably put it on me too much. I feel like I've accomplished something if um, you think of if you're courteous, if, if they are courteous, if they think of me um, without me having to say, "Hey, Breland, I need you to do this," or if she thinks about picking up her dirty clothes out of her bathroom, uh, which which very rarely happens. That's my daughter, not my wife. My wife would say, I, well, yeah, I am. I'm horrible. I, I, I have, we went on vacation two weeks ago and my bag is still on the floor. Uh, that's, that's where my daughter gets it from. Um, so I think thinking uh, uh, about other people, thinking, uh, and when we're in our, our, our family setting, thinking about me um, without me having to push, I think that speaks respect to me. And then vice versa, on the complete opposite end of that, uh, disrespect. It's almost, this is kind of twisted. I can take it from my daughter. I, I want, my wife would never do this to me. But my, my daughter, I can take a big lie. Like maybe she did something bad at school. She got in trouble and she covered up over just something silly and in, insignificant. When she lies to me about taking a ring pop out of the pantry, uh, <laughs> when I told her not to, that's the stuff that breaks my heart more than anything because it's just the smaller things. But um, again, it's, I would just completely echo everything he said. I think it starts with me and her and the dynamic that we have and, and how much I respect her and how much she respects me in turn. That's, that is going to, no matter what you do, through osmosis, trickle down to your children. Man, that's two good answers, man. Uh, for me, um, I say for the, the wives, mothers, allow the man 
to raise his son. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, I think a lot of these boys are baby young. They don't want to grow up. But at the same time, as men, if we don't show that we can lead a family, we're not serving under the Lord, how can we expect the wives to follow with us? So to me, it kind of falls on the men more. If you're not stepping up, you might as well step out. Mm. <clears throat> so I got, we got this question on Facebook. It's not on your paper, but I, I know we should address this. And anyone feel free to jump in. Basically, it says, as a Christian man, what do you do when your child is not a believer? As a Christian man, how do you raise your children if they don't believe in Christ? Who wants to go first? Okay. Go so that's a tough one. Uh -huh. Yeah. But I, I can give you my perspective on it. Uh, you know, I believe your belief or non-belief in God is a choice. I can't force you to believe in God. I can't force you to accept Jesus into your life. But what I can do is I can show you the benefits of it. I can show you what it means. And you can see for yourself if that's a life you want to live. Mm. 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 You know, so I, I take that perspective with anyone that I meet, you know, um, being in the military, I've run across many different people, religions, and I've had debates. So it's like I, I'm, I would never force someone to try to believe what I believe, but I will walk the walk and let you see it for yourself. And I think that's one of those cases where action speaks louder than words. Mm -hmm. I want to touch a little bit on what he was saying too. I think you can, I come from a, my grandfather was a minister um, at a church of God out in Catawissa, Missouri, little bitty town. And I can remember as a young man, it almost being forced, force fed it and being forced to go to church and being forced to do this. And I can tell you right now, I turned my back for a lot of years because of it. And, and just like Gio was saying, you have to walk the walk to talk the talk. And, but I also believe, too, that you can't force it down your kids' throat. Your, your children, are, as they grow older, they, your personal relationship with God is between you and God. It's not between your parents and God. It's not between your aunt and uncles and God. It's between you and God. And that has to develop through you. I mean, I mean, I think as parents, we can influence our children. I think we can show them God, show them the, you know, the, the, all the benefits and wonders that God does and church life does. But also, they have to develop that on their own. And I think it's more, would be more detrimental to your children to force that than to just keep just, you know, Miss Sharon's told me before, put it in God's hands, and when God's ready to bring them home, they'll come home. Mm. And I think that's all we can do. You got that? Okay. 
I would like to iterate on what you said uh, and what we do in men's ministry. Isaiah uh, 24, 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, and I think that leading by example of serving God will feed your children into what you're doing, what, what's curious about, why are you reading all the time, why are you doing this all the time. So leading by example is what we're, as men, called to do. And I think no matter how hard life gets on us, we still have to focus on what God wants for us to do. So as for me and my house, I'm trying to get my family to serve the Lord. And I'm yes. a magnetic force that God is using to connect to them. So I'm going to continue to trust that uh, it's a one day at a time process. And I'm mm -hmm. going to believe that God, his word is real. His word, his promises are real. So I trust him and I'm going to just continue to strive to mm -hmm. get my family to fall soon. Amen. Amen. <laughs> And to that, I agree with all of the statements, and I truly just lean on seed, time, and harvest. Um, keep sowing, keep sowing, keep sowing, and in the right time, the harvest will come. So we are got about five minutes left. So two questions for everyone. Um, Chris, you can get the mic first because yours will be slightly modified for the first one. And for you, Chris... Your question is, what are you looking forward to the most about becoming a father one day? Yeah, man, I'm just looking forward to sharing the stories, to sharing the lessons, to um, teaching them where, where I came and the struggles that I, I've been through. I think that that level of insight, just being able to pass that down, would change their lives and, and allow them to move forward so fast. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Good. Thank you. All right, so um, we'll let all of the fathers weigh in on this second one, and we talked about several things in here, but um, none of us are perfect fathers. Uh, what advice today would you give to the younger generation and other fathers that are listening today? Oh, yeah, I know if we're not perfect. Woo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, advice. Here's, here's one thing I learned um, early on. When I was a kid, I was an advocate. Loved the game. <clears throat> Child was born. I tried to teach him baseball. He hated the game. <laughs> we have a problem here. <laughs> and in that moment, I learned that you have to accept your kids for who they are. And you have to feed into what interests them. And it's okay that they're not the best center fielder in the neighborhood. <laughs> like I was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then also be one thing I did learn I've learned a lot about guys and you know we tend to be guys I was I, it was I didn't have it in my household but I made it a point to tell my son every day I loved him I still tell him that even though he still gets embarrassed mm. and I hugged him a lot and I think those kinds of things and got involved with things a lot so I say just be that let, let your kids figure out who they are because each kid if you have more than one they are all different and you got to <coughs> treat each one and meet, uh, meet them where they are in terms of what their skill set and interests are. And I think that's the best you can do. All right, All right. good. Billy. I, I'll get personal on this one. Just stop and smell the roses. Um, let her make you a bracelet held together by painter's tape and wear it to church. <laughs> <clears throat> Go night swimming. Let her sit on your lap, watch Sophia the First, um, memorize all the characters' names, uh, 
my child has slept through the night since day one. I got a knock on the door at 1.30 in the morning. She's been sleeping on this little bitty love seat we have in our basement. Will you come lay with me because I can't sleep? And I froze my rear end off. But it's those little things that somebody said a while ago. They're only, they're only the sage one time. And mm. I sped through five. One to five, I sped through it. No amount of money, no job, no position at work, no... no no, no, no position in the church, for that matter, yeah. is worth sacrificing my family for. Yeah. And well, I would tell myself, my younger self, take a picture of your hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> I would tell myself to slow down and like you said, smell the roses. Um, I was always a busy, busy worker. I mean, all I knew was just to provide, make money, whatever. So I would tell myself to slow down. And for the younger guys, um, appreciate what you have. Um, Growing up, well, my father was hard. I mean, I'm sure some of the other guys go through the same thing, but man, I can, as of, as of right now, I can only remember five things that I did with my dad when I was young. Mm -hmm. You know, but making that time to go and uh, forgive my father, we're like this now. And we can talk and do all kinds <laughs> of things and plan to go see him again, but. He lives in California, but just just take time and really appreciate what you have and nurture it. Um, I would say a couple things. Uh, the first thing is uh, never get weary in doing good, regardless whether it's being received or not whether you think they're getting it or not, do good, do good, do good, because they're watching. Even when you don't think they're watching, they're watching. They watch you when you give that guy $5 out of your car window. They watch you when you tip someone at the restaurant. They watch you when you say thank you. They watch you. Do good. And number two, love conquers all. I truly believe it. Um, you said it, I, I tell my kids, I love you every time I interact with them. Am I lying? <laughs> every time. <laughs> I don't care if they receive it, I don't care if they like it. Every time I get done talking to them, I love you. I love you, I love you. Because they're gonna get it. And when you're gone, they're gonna pass it on to their kids. Well, I agree with everything up here. I think you guys covered it all, but um, it's the generational curses that we probably all grew up having. So we, I just want to say we want to break those generational curses and really start to, uh, uh, where she, uh, she had said that this morning, about, uh, turning the page. Miss Crystal. Miss Crystal. She's counting money. But, yeah, oh, so, uh, yeah, counting About money. turning the page. You know, God ends a chapter in your life. And when you got kids, that's a new chapter. You got to leave the past. Of your, <coughs> don't be selfish and worry about you all the time. It's about 
the little ones. It's about the ones that are watching, the ones that are trying to mimic their father or their mother. So uh, I think it's important to break the generational curses and uh, lead by example. And uh, really just really stay in the word of God because he's the one that's going to give you the insight to, to lead you to show them. So yeah. it's important that we keep pushing, keep trying, and keep believing. Excellent. <laughs> Wow, so many guys would, I mean, it just, it's hard to keep elaborating because everybody's kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, as a dad that things get crazy with sometimes, um, I keep, would like to tell the younger generation, be humble. Remember sacrifice. Remember that when things get down, let your kids see you keeping your head up. Let, let your kids see you keep moving forward, you know, be, I try to tell my son through my own mistakes, be quick to listen, or be quick to listen and take a long time to react. Mm. I think a lot of times is people, we make decisions on emotions and not logic. And in this day and age, it seems to be, there's a lot of emotions are always running high. Folks always seem to, the skin's not quite as thick as I guess it used to be. And I see people that react way before they ever think about what they're gonna say. <clears throat> and that's my greatest statement to you know new dads is be slow to anger, quick, you know, but listen. Give your, give your kids your ear and <clears throat> listen to what they say. Be their, be their leader but also listen to what they say. Amen, thank you. I guess first I would say to the older generation, I'd say thank you, specifically to my father who did not necessarily have a father growing <clears throat> up. Uh, not that he died, he just, he left the family when my dad was like nine years old. And so my dad promised that he would never do to his family what his dad did to him. And he stayed true to that. And so he passed a lot of things on. And there's still things that affected him from not having a father through those very crucial years in his life that still plagues him to this day. But he stood on God's word. And he trusted and believed. And he had those... He, he found and he sought out those, those mentors. So I would say thank you to him. To the younger generation, those aspiring to be fathers, and I, I think, you know, it's just natural for every, you know, for us to, to aspire to be fathers, be able to pass them on. Um, make sure that your relationship with God is right. Because you come out having the kids, you have no idea what you're doing, you know, those are ones that are going to be taking care of you, you know, when you're, when you're older. Those are the ones that are going to be the leaders, you know, we live in, at least in this nation. Those are going to be a, these are the world changers. And if, if we don't present that example, if your life is not right with God, you won't be able to be that example. I would also say for fathers, you know, tell your kids, like everyone said here, Tell your kids you love them. I tell my kids that I love them. 
even my almost four month old back there, you know, and, and we are actually called to be nurturing. You know, daddies can be nurturing. My kid, you know, when I used to pick him up at daycare all the time, you know, he would be so excited. He would run up to me and he'd say, daddy. And I would always make a point to pick him up, okay? I wanted to pick him up because I wanted him to understand what it meant to be picked up by his, held by his father. Okay, know that he'll always have that and I will always be that for him and for my younger son, for whatever kids we have after that, you know? But that example, you know, not only does it mean so much to me, but I say to those that want to be fathers, that is what you gotta be wanting. Someone said the example, sacrifice. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, if you're not willing to sacrifice yourself, okay, you're, number one, you're not even willing, to, you're not ready to follow Christ because he gave up everything, right? So if you're not willing to even do that, you're not ready to be a father. I'll tell you that right now, okay? What burns me the most, and I'm probably on the younger side maybe of this panel, burns me the most is seeing guys my age and younger not even accepting that responsibility. Mm -hmm. We're called the responsibility, it's a heavy calling. <clears throat> and especially when you talk about trying to be a father, okay? It's a big deal, okay? What grinds my gears is guys that don't stand up. Forget about your past. If you didn't have a father, I get it. Every situation is different. But you have a choice. That was set up earlier, you have a choice. <laughs> you choose this day who you're gonna serve. You're gonna serve God, or you're gonna serve yourself. You serve God, you're gonna be ready to be a father. Mm. Because you cannot lead unless you are able to follow. So that's what I would say. Thank you. <clears throat> Good. All right. So a few closing remarks real quick. Thank you to all of our panelists. You guys did awesome. Yes. Oh, All right, so a few things real quick, and we're going to get up out of here. I heard a few stomachs growling, so I'll make it quick. So here it is real quick, my um, five principles for every father to live by. Um, here's a good parameter for you to gauge yourself. Where are you at? between a scale of one to 10 and to strive to go higher. So number one, every father needs to be a protector. Um, ask questions, get up in their business. Protecting is more than safety, but being proactive in situations. Number two, every father should be a provider. Um, it's not necessarily you have to make the most money, but you should be working and doing something. Till the ground, get busy, and to be able to make an investment. Number three, a father should be a promoter. Um, sometimes we think about being the head of the house and we think we're at the top of the triangle, but truly fatherhood is an upside triangle. Um, when you think about trees, the father is the root system. You can't be seen. Your job is to promote the branches. Your job is to promote the leaves. It's our job to be able to elevate and to add value with those that we're around. If you think about it being a house too, we're under the ground. 
The wives are the mirrors and the, and the roof and the kids are the doors, but without a foundation, it's going to crumble. Number four, a father should be a priest. Um, the Bible speaks to us being a prophet, priest, and king of our homes. Not necessarily God is grading on us or in our perfection, but as a priest, it's make sure that we're going in the right direction. We may fall down throughout the lonely journey, but it's about getting up and moving forward on the same path that God has given to you. And number five, where I think is the most important, is for you to be present. That means to, to show up. That means to be active. That means to be engaged. Each children needs their individual counseling and coaching and your involvement, but to be present. So when you're spending time and you're investing in your kids, don't multitask. Make sure they're the center of your intention. So for all of the fathers and the aspiring fathers here, keep those five things in mind. Where are you at and how do you gauge yourself on each of those? Are you being the promoter? Are you being the priest? Are you being the protector? Are you being the provider? And are you present, being engaged? And that's what the Fathers of Diverse City is all about. Amen? All right, stand to your feet, everyone. Let's close out in prayer. Father, I challenge you to just put your hands, stretch your hands towards the Father today. We're going to close out in prayer. And then to our new visitors and guests, I would love to meet you, shake your hand, hug your neck. I'm going to pray, and then Pastor Drew will give a few directives. Um, please feel free to join us next week for, um, for Uncomfortable Part 7. We got a nice surprise for you as we talk about Moses and understand his uncomfortableness and how God used them to change and impact their nations. So dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you for all of the great things that you have done. Lord, we thank you that you're not a God that's stuck in a box, that we can minister and touch people through prayer. We can touch people through worship. We can touch people through a sermon. And we can touch people through a Father's Day conversation. Lord, we thank you that you have been able to meet the needs today. Lord, we thank you that hearts were open to be able to receive what was said today, that minds were open to be able to receive. And Lord, we're grateful and we're believing for transformation and application about what was done here today. Lord, that just continue to be a monumental moment that hearts will be renewed, that forgiveness will flow for those that have made mistakes and Lord, we thank you, just as the Blues lost in game six. God, you're giving us a second chance. For the fathers that have messed up and come short, that will apply the five ingredients and the wisdom and the guidance that was given today. So we thank you, Lord, that we are new creatures in you. Let the past be the past, and we decree all things are coming to you. Lord, we thank you that you're raising up great fathers at Diverse City. Fathers that will lead by example, fathers that will lead through responsibility, and fathers that will lead through sacrifice. In Jesus' name, we give you the glory. We give you the honor and praise. And on this day, we will celebrate, we will honor, we will recognize and appreciate the men that has been given in our life. In Jesus' name.
pray. Amen.